I don't drink mediocre coffee. Heck, I refuse to even drink good coffee. You know why? Because I've left that old life behind. The Grizz has gone to a whole new level. I have leveled up. The Grizz only drinks exceptional coffee. Exceptional coffee that helps make a difference in the lives of underprivileged children and teens in Uganda. Of course, I'm talking about 127 Coffee. 127 Coffee selects some of the finest coffee beans from around the world, and they roast each batch in the perfect way to highlight their rich and distinctive flavors. I absolutely love 127 Coffee. I'm not even kidding, man. I really do. I have several different blends with me right here, right now, in the Grizz Cave. And I am close friends with the man behind it all, the founder and the roaster, Pastor Chris Davis. Chris used to be a student in my youth ministry back in the day when I served at a church up in South Jersey. I trust this guy. I've known him for like 20 years, man. And I know that what he does, he does with excellence. And above all, listen to me, when you choose to order a bag of 127 coffee, proceeds from every bag go to Victory 127, a Christian mission in Uganda that I and my wife trust and we've supported for many years. They're providing food, shelter, education, and the hope of the gospel to kids, teens, and families. My brothers, listen, I'm trying to help you, dude. Leave that old life behind. Don't just drink mediocre coffee. Don't just drink good coffee. Come to a whole new level. Drink exceptional coffee that helps make a difference in the lives of others. Go to 127.coffee. That's right, 127.coffee. And use the promo code GRIZ. G-R-I-Z. GRIZ. To receive 10% off your first order. So dude, you can order like 323 bags and you're going to get 10% off your first order just for being a member of the Grizz tribe. They're going to hook you up. And I promise your bags of coffee will be freshly roasted and promptly delivered to your doorstep. And I know what you might be thinking. You getting a kickback grit? No, I'm not. This isn't about me. This is about you experiencing exceptional coffee and coming up to this level, dude, that I'm on right here, right now. And most of all, about you partnering with us to really help make a difference in the lives of underprivileged children and teens in Uganda. So my brothers, do it today. Do it today. Don't wait. Don't put this off. Go to 127.coffee. Do it today. Because as Apollo Creed said, there is no tomorrow. Dude, that's why you got to do it today, man. I'm telling you. Yo, what is going down on my brothers from other mothers? So this past week or so has been crazy, man. Crazy. I've encountered various trials, like the book of James says. Various trials, frustrations, worries, etc. You know what I'm saying? Like in some ways, dude, it's just been a cruel summer for the Grizz, man. A cruel summer, dude. And one of those recent cruel summer experiences was when I rented a pontoon boat to take my daughter and her friends out for her 18th birthday. That's what she said she wanted instead of a big party. She wanted a boat trip with her friends. And I was like, dude, no problem, babe. Dad's got this. I got this. Well, things didn't go as planned. I'm going to tell you all about it. 
It was a cruel experience, my brothers. It's, uh, it's been a cruel summer. But the Grizz is making the most out of it, which I'm going to tell you all about. So here we go. So good, man. Banana Rama. It's a cruel summer, dude. That's what the Grizz has been going through, man. So anyway, this past Wednesday, when I took my daughter and her friends out on the old pontoon boat, the big party pontoon boat, my wife was there as well. We were heading to a cool place called Capers Island. To do some swimming and exploring. They have like these cool, cool trees. Like they're they're kind of like petrified trees. Like petrified wood. It looks like it's from like another world. They're on the beach. Like it's mythical, man. Like Lord of the Rings stuff. But it's a cool place people go to hang out, swim, explore. Some people camp on capers. You just got to be careful. Have the bug spray because the mosquitoes here are, uh, you know, like they're deadly and uh, there's gators if you get too much into the island at capers you got to watch your back for the gators down here in the low country but i had never been there i'd only seen pictures i had a friend that owns a business down here that tells me all about it he goes there all the time so i had never navigated the waters that lead to capers it was all new to me so there i was boating along Everything was going perfect. Blue skies, sun shining, cool breeze. The girls are laughing, taking selfies. My wife is beside me looking fly. Her hair is blowing in the wind. She's got her sunglasses on that look like these these big old glasses, man. She looks like a wasp, but, you know, she's a a fly-looking wasp, you know. Then all of a sudden, the boat suddenly slowed down on its own. Like we were in some sort of quicksand. And I immediately killed the motor. We weren't going fast. Maybe like 20, 25 miles per hour tops. But I was like, what the heck is going on? And then I realized what happened. I looked beyond the surface of the water. And that explained everything. That's right. I looked beyond the surface, and that explained everything. To make a long story short, I ended up grounding us on a sandbar that was about a foot below the surface. I tried to reverse, no luck. I had everyone get out and try to push the boat backwards while I put it in reverse. No luck there either. I got out. And helped all of them push. I screamed, I yelled like a drill sergeant. Push! Use your legs! No luck there either. We were stuck. Real stuck. And to make matters worse, the tide was going out. A foot of water quickly turned into six inches. And then zero inches. The tides are a huge deal down here in the low country, if you don't know. You really have to pay attention to them when you're boating for safety. Also for fishing, the tides are everything. 
for fishy. You got to know when they're coming out, when they're going in. I knew that the low tide was at 3.30 p.m., so I knew it was coming. And I prepared for that because we were going to anchor at Capers Island around low tide. So I was prepared on how to handle that over at Capers. But I did not prepare for that low tide for an unseen sandbar on the way to Capers. Dude, we ended up being stuck on that blankety sandbar for over three hours. We never made it to Capers. We ended up having to call for a towboat to come pull us back into the channel. And guess what that cost me? 500 freaking dollars. It was going to cost me $1,700 when I first called the tow service. But then, thank God, I called the owner of the boat, a friend of mine, Isaiah. And he said, wait, don't pay that. Hang on. And he called his insurance and he was able to hook up a tow service. But he said, yo, man, Grizz, it's going to be 500 I said, it's fine. I'll pay you. It's better than 1700 It was so frustrating in that moment. Man, I don't like losing money, dude. I try to manage my money well. And I had already paid enough to rent this park party pontoon boat now i had to pay an additional 500 dollars for getting us stuck on a sandbar so of course welcome to married life right my wife made fun of me my daughter and her friends made fun of me my wife got out of the boat went out on the sandbar and took a pic of me in the stuck boat on the sandbar she sent that pic to my son, who was in the Navy, and he made fun of me. And then he sent it to one of his superiors, who has actually helped run one of the billion-dollar Navy ships. And he was like, yeah, dude, your dad would be fired and demoted for doing that. <laughs> so it's awesome, man. I have high-ranking officials in the U.S. Navy seeing the pic of me grounded on a sandbar and making fun of me. I even got a text from Kim Jong-un in North Korea with a laughing face emoji. I just texted him back. You're a jackass. Anyway, what else? My wife, oh, she also sent the pic to one of my best friends and he made fun of me. Good old Mike Regina, who just happened to be on the last episode of the Grizz podcast. You know, you remember him. Mr. Humble, Godly. That, that's Mike Regina. And what would he do? What would Mr. Humble, godly man himself do? Within two minutes, he put the pics on various group texts that I was in. And then all over social media outlets and tagged me in everything. So people from all over the world began commenting and responding. People who I don't even know, man so that they also could join the party of making fun of me. It has been a cruel summer, my brothers. Anyway, after this memorable event, I had some time to reflect upon it. And I asked God, seriously, I sat down with my journal, my pen to reflect on it. And I asked God, what can I learn from this? And is there something, anything that I could use from this to help other guys. So that's what I'm going to share with you right here, right now. Lessons learned from being stuck on a sandbar. This is some good stuff, man, that will help those of you who are in addiction recovery or like, even if you're not, who are just trying to live a more sanctified, transformed life in Christ. It's going to help you. So let's take a quick break. I'm going to grab a warm-up on my coffee, 
and then we shall rip into, wait, 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 I'm going to grab a warm up on my 127 coffee because I've leveled up. And then we shall rip into lessons learned from being stuck on a sandbar. addicted to this Night Rider remix beat. I can't get enough, man. Like you can't see me. I mean, I, I, but I'm, I'm like grooving in the Grizz Cave with this. Like I'm in the club. Yeah. You know what's up, ladies? When I hear this beat, man. It's like a shot of mental cocaine. It gets me all hyped up. You know what I'm saying? I really need to be video recording these episodes so you can see what's going down with the Grizz. (laughs) All right. Let's talk about lessons learned from being stuck on a sandbar. (laughs) Number one, in advance, learn as much as you can about the waters you're navigating in. In advance, ask more experienced boaters where to go and what to avoid. In advance, look at maps on the internet. You know, experienced boaters have laid out the right way to go and even have marked areas to avoid. Listen to them. Learn as much as you can from those who've gone before you. We are wise to do the same with the recovery slash sanctification process. Read good books, my brothers. Listen to good podcasts, get good coaching from more experienced men who are further along than you. Number two, lessons learned from being stuck on a sandbar. Be alert. Be alert. Don't just look at what's right in front of you. Always look below the surface. Because there's more there than meets the eye. Let me say that again. There's always more there than meets the eye. Always look below the surface. Be alert. There are hidden dangers out there that want to stop you. That want to harm you and ruin you. Be alert, my brothers. All I saw in front of me was water that looked completely safe to boat through. I mean, I took my eyes off my sonar screen, a.k.a. the depth finder, and that's all it took. Bam! Grounded. I had the sonar screen on map view because I was trying to make sure I was going the right way to capers. I took a right turn to get to capers. But I wasn't watching my depth. And that's a big no-no with boating. And I paid the price for it. Think about how many times in the Bible, God constantly commands us to be alert, be on guard. Here are a few verses that came to mind. 1 Peter 5.8, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, 
be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. 1 Peter 1.13 Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. And then 1 Corinthians 16.13, which is the official verse of the Grizz podcast. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Again, be alert, my brothers. Don't just look at what's right in front of you. Always look below the surface. There's more there than meets the eye. That beautiful, hot-looking woman at the gym in those tight booty shorts, be alert. There's more there than meets the eye. I promise you. You better start looking beyond the surface of what your eyes see. So what are you talking about, Grizz? That's someone's daughter. That's someone's wife. Or that's someone's future wife. She's not yours to look and lust over. And she's someone whom Christ died for. She's someone who needs Christ. And you need to know, dude, you're playing with fire, lusting after her. Bounce your eyes. Train yourself to bounce your eyes. Get away from that view. Mentally talk yourself out of lusting. The Proverbs warns us about lusting after women and committing adultery. Proverbs 6, 27 and 29. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can a man go and walk on hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whoever touches her, shall not be innocent. Number three, lessons learned from being stuck on a sandbar. When you're stuck, don't be too proud to reach out for help. I needed help to get unstuck. I couldn't do it by myself. I tried. Yes, it was a little embarrassing to reach out for help. Yes, it cost me money to get unstuck. But so what? Isn't freedom worth it? I mean, how much is being stuck costing you? How's that been working for you in your life? It always amazes me how many Christian dudes won't reach out for help with a certain sin struggle, a sin that they're stuck in because they're worried about their image, pride, or they don't want to spend some money for coaching or counseling or to be in a climb team. You're a fool to stay stuck. Humble yourself. Reach out for help. Pay the dang money. I was stuck on a sandbar and I needed help. And guess what? It's happened to many boaters before me and it'll happen to many more after me. Thank God for rescue boats and captains who will come and get you back where you need to be. Back into the channel where I can enjoy the day with my wife, daughter, and her friends. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 is all about this. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, in any sin, that's what that means. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Guess what? Godly brothers can't come and help you get unstuck if you don't humble yourself, reach out and admit, yo, man, I'm freaking stuck in this sin and I need some help getting out of it. Number four, lessons learned from being stuck on a sandbar. Learn from your mistakes. I always say to the guys I coach and our climb teams, after they have a slip or a relapse, I say to them the same things I've said to myself for years. Watch your game films. Then 
Make adjustments and take action. Learn from your mistakes. Don't make the same mistakes again and again and again. Be better. Do better. Man, think about it. Think about if I went back out boating this week and I grounded another boat on that same sandbar. Dude, you'd be like, is something mentally wrong with Jason? Like, seriously, the first grounding on a sandbar, ha ha, you big dummy, some trash talk. But then, you know, hey, it could happen to anyone. It's okay, Grizz. But if I go back and ground on the exact same sandbar this week, dude, some of you listening, you'd call my wife. You'd be like, yo, Steph, is something wrong with Jay? He needs to get seen by a doctor. Like something is not right with him mentally. His memory or just his basic decision-making capabilities, something's not normal, right? Listen to me, guys. It is not enough to just admit your mistakes and sins. It's not enough to just confess them to God and another brother in Christ. Some of you are just in that loop. I sin and I confess it. And I just keep doing the same kind of sin, falling in the same way, and I keep confessing it. That's not enough. You have to move beyond that. The Bible doesn't stop there. Yes, you need to confess to God. Yes, you need to confess to a brother in Christ. James 5.16, Galatians 6, 1 and 2, help carry one another's burdens. Yes, But we got to do what it takes to keep ourselves from making the exact same mistakes, sins, over and over again. Watch your game films. Make adjustments. Take action. Learn from your mistakes. Romans 12.9 says, Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Like here's like a paraphrase. Abhor the sandbar. Get away from it. Don't don't go there again. Don't, Don't navigate up on that. Stay to the right in the channel. Hold fast to the right, the good, the channel. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Why do you do that? Because you learned that the way that you were going, the way you've gone before, that's disaster. So get away from it. Move, embrace the good way, the channel where you're supposed to navigate. Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Some translations say, give yourself no opportunity to gratify the flesh and its desires. And you see what what has happened here is you've done it before. You've gratified the flesh and its desires before over here in this way. You've made some bad decisions. You've sinned. You've fallen. You've relapsed. And you go, whoa. So the reason I did that is because these are the things that were triggering me. These are the things that I was doing that led to that. These were the things that helped cause that. And now you're going to say, hey, I'm going to make sure I eliminate those. I separate, I prevent myself from going that way again. So I don't make that same mistake again. Proverbs 26 verses 11 and 12. Like a dog that returns to its vomit, a fool does the same foolish things again and again. People who think they are wise when they are not are worse than fools. Number five. Lessons learned from being stuck on a sandbar. Share with others what you've learned what you've learned the hard way. Share with others what you've learned the hard way to help them not make the same mistakes that you've made. Why would you keep that valuable information to yourself? You know, with your recovery, your sanctification, it's not just about you. You need to give what you get. What if my son was going out boating this week to the exact same place, leaving from the exact same marina, the, the uh, Isle of Palms Marina, leaving from there with the boat to go to Capers, taking the exact same route 
What if he was doing that? I know he's never done that, never, ever done that, but he's going to go do that. He's 21 years old, so he can go do that. And I said nothing. I kept my mouth shut. You would think, dude, what's wrong with you? I mean, like, what kind of dad are you? Hey, just give him a heads up. Hey, son, you're going to go the exact same route that I was going. Remember, I got stuck. You were laughing at me. You called like your Navy superior. They laughed at me. Then Kim Jong-un called me. No, he didn't call me. He texted me. Yeah, dad. Hey, can I just show you on the map and ping it, like put a marker exactly where that sandbar is so that you stay to the right in the channel? Yeah, of course, dad. Thank you. You have other guys that God will place in your life who are heading for disaster and you see it. Listen, my brothers, do not remain silent with them. To do so is sin. Him that knoweth the right thing to do and doeth it not, James says, is committing sin. The silence, the passivity. Like, what are you doing, man? Do something. Say something. Warn them. Guide them. If they blow off your advice, then that's on them. Well, I just don't feel like I have everything together in my life for me to say something. That's as stupid as me saying, man, I just don't feel like I'm like on the level of like, uh, you know, a Navy captain, you know, in my life for me to like, warn my son about where the sandbar is. I just, you know, it's not like I'm on that level. (laughs) What level do you have to be to just say, yo, what you're about to do is foolish. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt your marriage. It's going to hurt your children. It's going to hurt your future. It's going to crush your fellowship with God. The, The way you're going, dude, humbly, I'm telling you, don't do that, man. There's a better way. This past week, one of the guys I work with in climb teams, he's been doing really good, making progress, and he was sharing with a friend some of the things he's doing, making progress and addressing impurity in his life. And they were in a certain coffee shop or something, and this really hot-looking, attractive female came in wearing some things that really caught his attention. And this guy I'm working with just looked at his buddy and um, who's a Christian that really hasn't been living for God at all. And he was like, yo, man, it's just, can we go outside? Like, just sit somewhere else. And he was like, why? What's up? He was like, just, I just kind of want to get that, you know, eye candy out of my view. It's not good for me. I'm working on a whole lot of stuff in my life. And I'm meeting with a coach and some other guys. And he was like, wow, really? You are? Because this dude knew about some of his background. He was like, wow, man, that that's pretty cool. Well, that had an impact on that guy. Well, about two weeks later, his his friend had ended up calling him and said, yo, man, I just I need to confess something to you and just kind of need your prayer. And, uh, you know, right now it's something's about to go down. He goes, well, what's about to go down? He goes, you don't understand. Like, you know, I've been into some stuff and he goes, I'm I'm literally on a hookup app and the meeting is pretty much arranged and I'm, I'm, I was going to go. And he was able to say, don't. Don't meet that stranger on the hookup app. It's not worth it. Get away from that. Guess what? His friend listened to him. Do you have any idea what that may have prevented? What if she got pregnant? What if she had an abortion? What if he caught an STD? What if that sin led to more sin and worse sin? Because that's how sin usually works. You guys have other guys that God will place in your life who are heading for disaster. You're going to see it. Do not remain silent. Do something. Say something. Warn them. Guide them. If they blow off your advice, it's on them. Do it humbly. We're not doing it to judge or condemn. We're doing it out of love. One of the reasons so many guys 
choose to tune in and listen to the Grizz podcast is because I always share what I've learned the hard way. I'm not afraid to share my mistakes, regrets, stupid decisions that I've made in life, marriage, parenting, friendships, preaching, coaching, business, finances, and boating. James 5 verses 19 and 20 says, Brethren, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. When you see someone heading towards a sandbar or a cliff or a freaking black hole, man, do not remain silent. Do something, say say something, warn them, guide them. Pastors, youth pastors, teachers, guys that have an influence, you guys that mentor, share with other guys, share with these young guys what you've learned the hard way to help them not make the same freaking mistakes that you've made. And guess what? That's one of the essential parts of recovery. That helps us recovery, recover, I'm sorry, giving what we've received. Last one, number six, lessons learned the hard way from being stuck on a sandbar. Make the best of your jacked up situation. Make the best of your jacked up situation. Don't complain. Don't wallow. Stop the self-pity. It only makes things worse. So we're stuck on a sandbar. In the first 10 minutes, I was frustrated. I was pissed. I used a curse word. I'm not proud of it. But then I chose to change my perspective. You know why? I just sat there and I thought about it. No one on the boat is in danger. No one on the boat is injured. The boat is not damaged. And I decided it was time to make the best of it and make a great memory. So what did we do? We all got out of the boat. We walked around the sandbar. Found some cool stuff. The girls found a cool starfish. They took a picture of it. We found a bunch of hermit crabs. I'm not talking about the little ones that are like the size of a quarter that you buy at the little shops at the beach. These were like megalodon hermit crabs. Like they were, they were big, dude. Big old shells. And it was cool. We did some swimming. And you know what? On the boat, we had some shade. And guess what else we had? We had a cooler full of cold drinks and subs from Jersey Mike's. That's right. We had a Bluetooth speaker. So we cranked some music. Little Chris Stapleton, little Jason Aldean. And then the Grizz, you know, I worked in a little 80s old school rap. The girls were like, Dad, what are you doing? I was like, dude, just go with it. And then we had this moment where I turned off the music. We were all sitting there. And we went around and we talked about our most embarrassing moments in life. Because I said, yo, obviously this is really embarrassing. Girls, I'm sorry. Told my daughter, Ellie, I'm sorry. This is not what I wanted for your birthday. I said, so think of your most embarrassing moment in life. And let's all go around and share. And we did. And we laughed. And we chose to make the best out of it. The girls then got out got in the sandy mud and they just slathered themselves up decorating themselves in sandy mud I have no idea why but all I know is it made them happy and they laughed then they jumped in washed off and then they laid out and tanned they took selfies and they ran all over the sandbar splashing water 
I mean, I sat there watching the girls and I thought, what would they be doing on Capers Island Beach that they're not doing right here, right now? How much better would it be on Capers than really what's happening right here, right now? I don't think it would have been better. They came back in the boat and I looked at them all and I said, uh, hey, I want to tell you something. I said, I know this is crazy. It's not what we wanted. But I said, I tell you what, you're always going to remember this day, especially every time you and your families go boating past this spot. You'll just always remember it for the rest of your life. I've lived long enough to to know. I told them it's it's bizarre, weird things like this that just stick out and end up becoming like just a really good memory. Like I said, I apologized to my daughter multiple times thinking that I may have ruined her 18th birthday excursion, but she kept correcting me. Dad, it was great. Dad, we had a blast. What are you talking about? And then when we were all talking... I found out from like two of her friends that were there that what I did, it had happened to their parents too, because a lot of people down here, they, they have boats and they've boated their whole life. It's what you do here in the low country. There's water everywhere. One of them was telling me a story. They're like, what you did is nothing. You were going slow. That's nothing. I was like, well, what did your dad do? She's like, oh my gosh. We don't have a pontoon boat. We've got like a really fast ski slash wakeboard boat. He was hauling. He hit a sandbar and the boat went up on its side. He hit it like the on the left side and then it went up on uh, the left side went up and they were just like rolling out sideways and they almost flipped. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Then the other girl was like, oh, yeah, we've been stuck on a sandbar before. And we had to just wait, waited hours and then finally the tide came back in. Oh, that made me feel a little better. After getting towed off of the sandbar, we had like 90 minutes left of our rental time for the party pontoon boat. And I asked the girls if they wanted me to take them back to the marina or did they want to cruise down the intercoastal waterway for that 90 minutes. And they were all like, heck yeah, man, let's go cruise. We still got time. That made me feel good. So we did. There was a point where we went down the intercoastal all the way down past the uh, Isle of Palms connector. We were going towards Sullivan's Island Bridge, getting close to the harbor, Charleston Harbor. And I had to turn around to make it back in time. And as we were cruising back, they said, hey, can we, can we just, before we head back, just stop and jump out and get in? Just jump in. I was like, absolutely. So I found a safe spot, killed the motor. I was like, jump in, man. After the trip, about a day later, my daughter sent me a text and just said, thank you, dad. It was a great day. We had a blast. So guess what? It wasn't the day I had planned Things didn't work out the way I wanted them to work out. But I had to think like, so what? If I sat there and I just complained and I would have wallowed in self-pity, it only makes my day worse and everyone else's day worse. Like who wants to be around a guy like that? Debbie Downer, right? Oftentimes, guys, I have found, I said this on the last episode with Mike Regina, outlook determines outcome so many times. I had a choice to make. Here's the choice. This sucks. We're stuck on a sandbar. Or this is freaking awesome, dude. We're stuck on a sandbar. Let's do what Prince said to do. That's right, Prince. And let's party like it's 1999. You know what I'm saying, dude? Like, dude, we got a Bluetooth speaker. Let's crank the music. Bust open the 
cooler full of ice cold drinks, Jersey Mike subs, and you know what I'm saying, dude. Don't worry. Spust some prints. Sandbar. You wish you were here. Come on. I was dreaming when I wrote this. Forgive me if it goes astray. But when I woke up this morning, cause sworn it was judgment day. Sandbar Like it's 1999 <laughs> Oh yeah Oh dude I'm just having fun man Seriously guys I know some of you Are going through a really Horrible situation With marriage, family Work, health But what good will complaining, wallowing, self-pity do you? None. Absolutely freaking none. So stop it. Cut it out. Make the most of it. Find the good in it. Do that for yourself. Do that for your family. I was thinking like, don't be a thermometer. Be a thermostat. You set the temperature. You set the temperature, man. So, these are lessons learned from the sandbar. Let me review real quick. In advance, learn as much as you can about the waters you're navigating in. In advance, learn as much as you can about the waters you're navigating in. Number two, be alert. Don't just look at what's right in front of you. Always look below the surface because there's more there than meets the eye. Number three, when you're stuck, don't be too proud to reach out for help. Don't be too proud to reach out for help. Number four, learn from your mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. Number five, share with others what you've learned the hard way. To help them not make the same mistakes that you've made. Number six, make the best of your jacked up situation. Don't complain. Don't wallow. Stop the self-pity. It only makes things worse. Stay tuned for a few closing items of Grizz Biz. Hey, if this show is a blessing to you, then be a blessing back to our nonprofit ministry by becoming a monthly supporter for as little as $10 or $20 per month. Guys, that's nothing, but it's a big deal to us. Or you can just make a one-time donation. The Grizz Podcast is an outreach of Narrow Trail Ministries Incorporated. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we would not exist without the faithful financial support of listeners just like you. You can make your donation at narrowtrail.com, click on our give page, or you can take your phone right now and text the word give 
to 301-888-6860. Text the word GIVE to 301-888-6860. It's quick. It's easy to set up. I assure you, it's also extremely safe and secure. And thank you to all of you who already support our ministry. Also, if you'd like to connect with me, you can reach me at jason at narrowtrail.com. That's my email, jason at narrowtrail.com. There's also social media links in the show notes and at our website if you want to connect with me there. Also, don't forget about our CLIMB teams. CLIMB teams are online accountability recovery groups for Christian men who are serious about overcoming porn and other unwanted sexual behaviors that are hindering them from experiencing God's best for their life. The opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It is connection with God and with like-minded brothers in Christ who can help you grow. Climb teams are a safe place to find connection, guidance, support, and accountability that you need to help you grow physically, mentally, spiritually. You want to know why so many guys keep falling to porn and other unwanted sexual behaviors? One of the main reasons is because they keep going at it solo. You don't have a team of brothers to support you and you don't have an experienced leader to help guide you. Dude, come on now. Go to narrowtrail.com, click on our Climb Team page, and fill out the short online application. Also want to encourage you guys, get Covenant Eyes Internet Accountability Software installed on all of your devices and on your kids' and teens' devices. It's an incredible tool to help you be successful in the fight for personal purity and to protect your kids and teens from all that junk that's available on the internet. You need to know what your kids and teens are accessing online. So go sign up at CovenantEyes.com, and when you're at checkout, use the promo code GRIZZIN, G-R-I-Z-Z-I-N, GRIZZIN, and you're going to get your first month completely free. Please don't forget to leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to The Grizz, whether it's Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Real quick, take you 30 seconds, leave a quick rating and review. Also, copy the link to this episode if it blessed you. Share it with a friend. Share it with your men's ministry, a small group. Share it on social media, man. Dude, if it'll help others, then do get it out there. That's it for now, my brothers. I'll be back at you soon with another epic episode of the Grizz Podcast. Until then, honor God and live manly. Manly.